Welcome to this episode of the Breaking the Barrier podcast. I'm Andrew, and I do have a great conversation in store for you. Today, I had an awesome conversation with my client, Mike, about his very first half marathon. I just wanted to give you a bit of an intro in terms of what to expect on this episode. Firstly, I do apologize for the sound. For whatever reason, when I recorded on Zoom, it used my computer's built-in mic rather than my actual podcast mic, so I'm not sure what happened there. But other than that, it's a, it's just a great conversation between Mike and I. It was kind of like a bit of a recap of his training and also a little bit of a recap on his coaching between him and I about that and how we work together. And it's probably one of the most raw and uncensored conversations that we have had. Now, he's obviously been on the podcast a few times. He's been a client of mine for a couple of years, and I really do enjoy you know, sharing my experience with my clients and their experience with big things that they have, uh, you know, that they have done. So with Mike, just a bit of a background, you know, I've started life coaching with him a few years back, a couple of years back. And in that time, he decided he wanted to run his very first 10K. And I helped, um, I helped him with that sort of kind of, but not really. That was like a crash course. And then we got into this half marathon, you know, as, as you do when you race, after that very first race, you think bigger, better, better, you shoot for the stars kind of thing. And it's like, what can I do now? And so Mike decided that he wanted to run a half marathon. And so what we're going to do is chronicle that story as we discuss how he went. So here is my conversation with Mike Ginsell about his very first half marathon. Hey everyone, and welcome to this episode of the Breaking the Barrier podcast. I'm Andrew. I am solo today. Well, almost. Unfortunately, Zach couldn't make it, but we've had this episode uh, in the works for quite a long time. It's going to be raw, unfiltered, uncensored. We've got, for the third time, the third episode in our series with Mike Ginsell, the prisoner of half a ban, if you will. <laughs> Mike, how you doing? You're awful. I, I don't know why I agreed to this chicken shit gig, but you know. <laughs> um, I need a new agent badly. Yes. Hello, Andrew. Zach, you're missed. Why did you abandon me with this schmuck? We got, I got my uh, Breaking the Barrier shirt on. Zach got me that a couple years ago. Uh, so he's here in spirit. We miss you, Zach. Uh, so yeah, so basically the reason that I, for those of you who don't watch or read Harry Potter, of course, Prisoners of Azkaban was the uh, third book. Uh, but anyway, so we've got Mike here. He's going to talk a little bit. We're going to we're going to kind of talk a little bit about his journey into his half marathon that he has just done. So the last time we had Mike on, he was talking about his 10K, and then basically after that, we decided that we were going to do a half marathon. So I helped him with a bit of a program leading up to it. Uh, so we're going to talk about his training and and what has transpired and some of the conversations that we've had and what Mike has kind of gone through. And we, we had our moments. We had plenty of moments in this basically almost 20-week training cycle leading up to your half marathon. So, Mike, first, let, let's get into it, man. So what made you decide that you wanted to run a half marathon? Well, you held a gun to my head, and then, well, I was like, I have no choice. Nice. No, um... I, I kind of was addicted to it. The idea of running again after my 10K, uh, I felt very victorious. I felt really good about myself. And I was like, 
well, what's the next step? And you were like, half marathon. I'm like, 13 miles. Okay, sure. I just ran six and almost died and took almost a week to recover from running six miles. And you're like, all right, we're going to run 13 now. So that was the plan. And we started training for it, as you said, 20 weeks ago. So five months being October, I believe, of 2022. I think I'm looking at, I'm looking at our, um, our training blocks. I think, yeah, it was just about 20 weeks. So basically the first training block, they were all four weeks long and mm-hmm. I was saying five of them. I think the last training block was only three weeks. So maybe it was like 19 weeks. So it was 20 weeks, give or take, but still. Yeah. So October. So between March of 2022 and October of 2022, I think we were just, I was just figuring out everything. And then we kind of started talking over the summer about the half and we decided to go with best damn race again, which is the 10 K I ran in Orlando with the company best damn race. Uh, they run a yearly event in Orlando, Florida, United States. Uh, they also run a lot of them throughout Florida. I know they also do new Orleans. So, um, mainly New Orleans. No, I don't say it like that. Nobody <laughs> they does. say it down the South like that, but I don't, <laughs> but, um, yeah. So in Florida mainly, I think, I think there might be another thing. I'm not sure, but, uh, they ran a really wonderful event last year, and I really wanted to do the half on their course again. And we decided to start training in basically 19, 20 weeks ago. And it was a journey and a half, to say the least. And I can't wait to get into it. The good, the bad, and the absolute ugly. Well, yeah, let's let's do that. So uh, prior to the – well, okay, let's, let's take a step back to the 10K for a minute. So – Okay. That 10K, we kind of it was kind of like a, cl- a crash course because we had it like was. maybe what did we have like four weeks of training really about and, four or five weeks possibly yeah and there wasn't a lot in there because things came up so you probably in that four weeks had like eight successful training runs. <laughs> did I have that bad train run? I don't really recall to be honest. I think it was just it was such a quick. Yeah, I think it was more the fact because, yeah, it was so fast that you you didn't get all of the training in. I think you probably got about 80% of the training in, maybe if that, which isn't bad, but in that short of a time, it was a bit tricky. So kind of, I'd say going into this half marathon training, what would you say your running experience was? Very little, Yeah, to be honest. It was a 10K and that's it. I did a 5K in 2014 when I was biggest loser mm. which was for those that don't that live outside of, i mean the biggest loser was in australia for about three seasons i think yeah it was pretty big here ha ah, ah, uh, but it was, it was it was on a, it was it was a chokehold in the early 2000s of reality tv because who doesn't want to watch fat people lose weight on national television for a grand prize of two hundred fifty thousand dollars, hosted by allison sweeney the goddess of daytime soap operas uh, yeah, so I ran the Biggest Loser Run Walk in 2014 in New Jersey, where I'm originally from. And I did a 5K with Disney in 2019. Was that um, part of the like Dopey a, Challenge weekend? Nope, 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 nope. This was a uh, cast member 5K that I was invited to. Oh, fun. So I ran through Epcot in 2019. This was before I met you. I believe I we that. met in 20. Do what now? I love Epcot. Uh, we met in 2020. Oh, during the pandemic, I believe. Did we not? Yeah, like I think? toward the end of 2020, yeah. Yeah, so it's been almost – it's not even been three years, actually. It's been about two and change. But, yes, it yeah. uh, feels like 20. Uh, anyway. It's true for me. 
That's true for me too. Uh, <laughs> we're best friends. Anyway, <laughs> I did a 5K in 2019 in Epcot. I didn't really train for that. It was just the, oh, I'm going to wake up one morning and run a 5K. And I probably passed out after that. So that was the last serious run I had. So up into the 10K. So with the 10K being done, I was like, okay, this is the first like race I'm taking seriously, I felt like. Yeah. Um, is we had a training block. We had training plans. We had – I spoke with uh, Thor of Oz, Andrew Latomsky, the aforementioned in previous episodes, my uh, trainer with Team Accountable. So we all kind of worked together in an email about what the training was going to look like. And I felt like this was the first time I took something that serious in terms of health and fitness was this half marathon. Mm. Definitely was a big undertaking for someone who – once ran the slowest mile in high school. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Never forget that. You know, I, I hear you. I was in there too. I, I don't know if it was like the most serious that you've ever taken your fit because you've come a long way from almost 300 pounds to, Yikes. to, to now. Um, and so I think essentially maybe not the most serious, like it, cause you've taken your health and fitness journey pretty serious over the past few years, but I mm -hmm. think this is probably the most focused like specific journey that you've taken in really a sort a short like five months in the grand scheme of things it has to mm -hmm. be focused it has to be really intense and it was like probably this is the most direct that you've ever had i to think focus i would agree on. with that yeah. yeah because losing the 95 plus pounds that i've lost in the last four and a half years um and this was a transition do what now and you kept them off which is half the battle I sure did and uh that is a struggle my friends and we'll get more into that in the training but i yeah i would say it's the most direct and it definitely was a very life-changing experience over the course of the 19 20 weeks that we did the training which we'll get into but i would agree it was the most direct uh training that i had it was focused and it slowly became my world yeah yeah, that's that's kind of what running does because it's now you sure you get into health and fitness, you want to lose weight, you want to feel better. But this is kind of like the first time that you had something that you was kind of like tangible was concrete that it was like, I'm either going to do this or I'm not like sure that's, that's your fitness journey, but your fitness journey kind of ebbs and flows. This is there's a set date, there's a set point, we have a set thing that we're going to do here. This kind of really tested you a little bit. And and oh, yeah, okay. yeah, we're, we're definitely getting, I mean, we, like I said in the beginning, I was joking, but not really. We definitely had our moments, right? We had moments oh. where you probably hated everything about me for a little bit because, you know, with any kind of training, especially when you're doing something this intense, you're going to have those moments where you just want to give up. And for those of you who don't know, anybody who is listening who is not a client of mine, I don't generally sugarcoat things. Uh, oh, he doesn't. He, no. he he absolutely fucking doesn't. Pardon my language, but no, we're no, uncensored. Um, I will tell you what you need to hear at the risk of losing you as a client. And this is this is a general you for any of my clients, future clients. I'll tell you what you need to know. And mm -hmm. I believe when I do that, that there is, of course, a strong possibility that it won't work out well for me, but it'll always work out well for the person listening. And I think for you you took a lot of that in stride. I mean, there were points where I was just like, I flat out said to you, dude, you need to chill out, take a step back and think about things. And many people would probably think, oh, you know what? Hey, shut the hell up. I don't need to hear this from you. But you kind of did. You took it 
not that you <laughs> you i mean you you took it in stride like you 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 <laughs> are man enough to know when you need to take a step back and figure things out and i think that this was a big growing experience for you absolutely um i trust you that's the thing i know that at the end of the day i trusted you with my journey in your hands and as machiavellian as that sounds it was true that i had to put my full faith and my trust that you knew what you were doing as an athlete as a life coach and as a trainer three things you're very good at and i'm like i need to trust him fully he knows what he's talking about he's not going to steer me wrong now granted of course no one's perfect but I knew that you have a very good talent of calling me out on my bullshit when there's nowhere to hide. And as much as I love Andrew Lutomsky, I love Thor with all of my heart. He changed my life in so many ways. Um, he's a bit more of a gentle giant and will kind of be like very nice. He will tell me the truth, obviously. Like he'll call me out on it, but it's a much more gentler approach. Whereas you, you're blunt. You're absolutely like there are there were conversations we had during this week that I wanted to shut the uh the Skype off or the Instagram off and just not talk to you ever again. Mm. Like I there were moments where I absolutely despised you a hundred percent. And I was like, but he's right. He's calling you out when you need it, dude, because if he was just all butterflies and rainbows and Paula Abdul, you wouldn't be successful in this endeavor. This is not supposed to be easy. This is a half marathon. You've never ran 13 miles in your entire life. That's right. So and no think... one said this would be easy. And as I learned in my previous, well, previous, but as I've learned in my health and fitness journey, the physical part is only half the game. Exactly. The other half just is the mental say. game. Yeah. Right. The mental game is the other 50%. And people, that was not in the brochure in the weight loss. You know, it wasn't about... I didn't think about, oh, I'm going to change my entire life. And no one thinks about that when they lose weight or they go on this journey of training for something is that you change as a person forever. Sure. And you have to be open to change. You have to be open to changing who you are because this whole experience will do it for you. Yeah. And that's, that's, a, you kind of hit it right in the head. Like the physical stuff, the running, sure, it's challenging, but that's not the hard part. It's like, it's, it's everything else. It's getting up out of bed, knowing that you have to do that training. It's, you know, going out for those long runs that aren't like, you know, some of these workouts, like, well, let's, let's get into the training. So some of these workouts weren't the flashiest workouts. They were just, we were just building your aerobic capacity for the first little while. And some of it, whilst sure, running is not easy sometimes, but there were a lot of times where you would just run for say an hour, two hours. And it's not so much the physical aspect of the running. It's the mental aspect of your running. You're with yourself. It's it can be boring. You're by yourself. Yeah, yeah, you're by yourself. You learn a lot about yourself when you undertake a running training program. And I think it's a lot, that, lot of solitude. There's a lot of solitude. There's a lot of opportunities to make excuses, to make, you know, to 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 freak yourself out, to psych yourself out. And I think we've all gone through that and certainly you mm -hmm. have. So um like yeah. So bef before we get into the training uh, don't don't tell everybody the result yet. But what was your what was your goal for this half marathon, both uh, physically, time wise, and and say mental wise, emotionally wise? 
My goal in the beginning was to complete the race. Mm -hmm. That was my first primary goal was if I can at least cross the finish line and not get a DNF, a do not finish or did not finish. Um, I, I figured that would be the first goal. And speaking with you and speaking with my um, improv coach, uh, Paul Ortigoni, who is uh, part of I Am 50 Million in Winter Springs, Florida. I got to give him a little shout out. Shout out. Uh, we made a vision. Do what? Shout out. Shout out, yes. Uh, I have a really strong improv family uh, here in Florida. Uh, we made vision boards about a month before the race. And I it was weird to put it on paper, the the 230 goal, which was the goal was a 230 half marathon or a sub 230 was the original thought. And I was like, that to me just sounded right because I read the course that we had to finish it at least in three hours and 30 minutes. I'm like, well, that's a 16 minute mile. I can walk that. So at the very minimum, I could finish and walk the entire thing if I had to truly. But I'm like, that's the easy part though. So let's, let's challenge ourselves a little bit. Let's do 230. I thought that was a very respectable finish time if I were to make it. Yeah. Um, that. Well, that I didn't say mentally. Well, that, I, uh, no, I was just going to say, yeah, two two thirty is kind of like a good gold standard for that first for that first one. It's a nice round number, but yeah. So uh, emotionally, what was what was the uh, what was the process there? Not breakdown. Very good. How did Not that go? quit. Um, I failed that horribly because I broke down. <laughs> but you didn't quit. <laughs> I didn't quit though because uh, I just wouldn't let myself quit. It was the weirdest thing. Like there were some days where I work um, in the hospitality industry. So I'm on my feet eight hours a day. And I was also going through um, a lot of a work-life balance and going through and reevaluate. I reevaluated everything in my life during these 19 weeks. And it was the craziest thing that other avenues of my life were being evaluated during the running process. Sure. So I was balancing a 32 to 40 hour work week with running full time with um, my side hustle work, with my comedy and acting, with my cosplay. And it was just a juggling act of so many different balls that I eventually dropped one or two along the way. But it's okay to drop balls when you're trying to learn how to juggle. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's actually funny that you bring that up because I just watched uh, an old episode or an old video of myself learning how to juggle and there was a lot of ball dropping. Uh, I know how to juggle now. Uh, but yeah, so um, I think, and, and it's funny that we did we did talk a lot about that, right? We talked a lot about how you know certain things were going uh, onto the side burner, and we just had to figure out, you know, because we weren't going to change the running plan. I wasn't going to change the running plan for you because it was meant like we were we were running four days a week, and we didn't need to change it. And so it was a great learning experience for you and how to compartmentalize certain things. As a matter of fact, I think on our session earlier today, we spoke about compartmentalization uh, specifically. Mm -hmm. uh, and it was just, it is something that will help you grow. And that's, the th again, the thing about running is that it's like there's so much more that you can get out of it than just the runs. So you did. You had a lot of ups and downs. You didn't quit. You certainly broke down a couple times. I mean, we all have, you know, some of us break down in the training, some of us break down in the race itself, some of us break down both. Um, 
So it's, 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 it's those things that sort of make you stronger. So when we get into this training, so we did our first, we did our first four weeks, right? So that was real easy. So we were running maybe, I don't even think we were doing 15 miles a week. Let me look at this. So we had five miles. Um, I think it was the max in one week. I think the longest run was maybe six miles, maybe. Yeah, I think in that first week, yeah, like, the, the, your like biggest... a ten k, like a ten like k time trial, I think was the first big. I always looked at the training periods as like the big boss, or like you know, like in the Mario games where yeah. Bowser comes out. Every one of those blocks had what I called the Bowser run, sure, which to me was the um, your princess was in another castle at the very end because it just means I moved on to World Two, World Three, World yeah. Four. Um, I don't know what that makes you. Um, I think you're maybe Toad or Princess Peach. I don't freaking know. I think but... I'd be uh, no way, man. I'd be um, I can't be Toad. I can't be Princess Peach. I gotta be. Oh no, I don't know, Mar Mar. You're Luigi. I don't know. No, that sucks. Um, Yoshi. Uh, we'll come back to it. I don't. We'll know. come back to it. I don't know. I'm you were sure. something in the Mario world. I don't know. Something. Maybe you were Bowser. I don't freaking know. But maybe I, I love Bowser. Mario. I think. I think. I feel like you looked at me a little bit as a villain. For, for some of this, yeah. Uh, you a villain? Never. <laughs> you were my best friend. Anyway. Oh, that was fun. Uh, but yeah, so... We yeah, almost that, killed each other. We almost killed each other a couple times. The, the first week, I think you did 15 miles, uh, 15 miles in the entire week. So it was very much just, you know... we, we It was easy. easy yeah. Not easy. It was, it was easy compared to the other four months or sure. other four blocks. We had... It was a, just a warm-up. Yeah, we had in, our, in that first block we had basically three sort of we had two easy runs to to keep your heart rate down we had one sort of run workout which could be like intervals or uh uh incline work and then we'd have a, a quote-unquote long run and for mm -hmm. you because you know you were still a relatively new runner those long runs were between four and six miles. So the, the first long run that we did, and these were just there to get time on feet and just to build your aerobic capacity. We weren't looking for anything. We just wanted to keep it slower than goal half marathon pace by about a minute. Um, so basically all those runs, those long runs, were paced at at least 60 seconds slower than half marathon pace. And that, you know, if it was slower than that, that was fine. And then, yeah, that fourth week... We capped it at a six-mile long run. And it was funny. I think it wasn't – no, we'll get to that later. We'll, we'll get to that later. It's fine. Okay. Uh, Whatever it yeah. is. So how did, how did you go with that first week? That was your first real training block of running consistently because you stuck pretty good to the plan, pretty well to the plan that first four weeks. I mean, I think there were a couple hiccups, but for the most part, you got everything done four runs a week. You're remembering a lot more than I am. I mean, that's just, I, I'm just going to be like, okay, maybe I don't really remember the first month, to be honest, um, in terms of like, I was excited. It yeah. was challenging. It was good. Um, it was trying to find that balance of, I, I work mornings at, in, in my area of my job. I work usually at 7 a.m. to 3.30 p.m. shift and um, it was trying to find the balance of running after work, like really getting home, stretching and like maybe taking 15, 20 minutes to like just wind down for the day and then go run for an hour sure. and then try and figure out what to do from my evening. And I think it was me trying to figure out what exactly is going to be the, the, uh, the pacing of my running 
um, not going too fast in these sessions and all that. And it was definitely an experience for trying to figure out how I'm going to go for the next 16 weeks, uh, making sure I hit my hit my runs because mm. I don't want to miss workout and figuring out what is how am I going to navigate around the events I was in going home. I believe twice. I think I went home twice to New Jersey I think that twice right. during that. Yeah. And I went and I was also filming something out, out of state almost three weeks before the race. So trying to figure out that and trying to navigate and not make excuses for it because it was very easy to make an excuse of, oh, I'm traveling and I can't run or, oh, I can't go outside because it's raining because it's Florida or it's cold because it's Florida or it's yeah. hot we, because We it's talked Florida. quite a bit about that too. We did, I mean, we talked quite a bit about you on the treadmill versus outside and whilst i never we didn't really have a problem with the treadmill we did want to get you out as much as we could because we we just never know what race day is so i think there was a nice balance in there you know of, of treadmill yes. and, and outdoors um because we, a lot we, of incline runs were on treadmill well yeah you had to do the incline uh, runs on treadmills uh but we all we knew that we wanted to do stuff like time trials and long runs outside where we could uh and yeah like going back to pacing it was interesting because, you know, in the second training block, I started putting in specific paces for you uh, in terms of like. And I was like, this bitch is yeah, trying to well, kill me. We didn't really know. Right. So like I'd say go out and do uh, a mile warm up and then do, say, uh, six 400 meter repeats. And I'd say do that at 5K pace. But you didn't really have a 5K pace because you had I not didn't. run one. So we just basically took some time off of your 10K pace and we kind of just played around with it. And so you do the first couple and I'd just tell you like, yeah, do the first couple, figure out if that's a pace that you can hold for the next four of them or five of them and try to push yourself to that or harder. And it was like, it's an interesting experiment because you, you see all these programs online and sure there's like, you can do intervals and this and that. But like, if you don't know what your paces are, you don't know how hot to start out. Because if you have to do, say, 10 400-meter repeats and you start the first one or two really much faster than you should be going, the rest of that workout is going to suck. And we had a couple of those where you'd bleed out a little bit. <laughs> so it was a big uh, learning process. Because you, you were very much, especially in the beginning, focused on pacing, even in the runs where I told you not to focus on pacing. So... Walk me through what, what were you, do you have in mind some of your hardest workouts like uh, that that felt the worst and and how you kind of pushed through those? Um, I would say earlier the struggle of I flew home for Thanksgiving and I had to pull my, myself out of the um, family gatherings or the pre prep because I had to go to the gym to go do an incline. Um, that was hard for me because I hadn't seen my family in a while and I didn't want to do the run. I knew though that, um, I made a commitment to not only you, but I made a commitment to me to see this through all the way. So emotionally there were some workouts where it's like, I really didn't want to do it. I wanted to be with my family. I wanted to be with my friends. I wanted to be in my bed. Um, I think the harder workouts, if we're, if we're talking the first two blocks, like October, November, I would say the long runs were the hard ones because it was me trying to figure out pacing mm -hmm. 
and not burning myself out because I think people have a tendency to go too fast in the beginning. And I think that is what always kills me is that I'm always gung ho in the very beginning, but then I bleed out, as you said, towards the end. Welcome to running. <laughs> yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. So I think those were, I don't, there wasn't like one workout in my head that was like, oh my God, that was horrible. That was off. Um, I know one in very particular in the final block that almost cost me, I thought everything. We yeah. can talk about that in the final block. We, you know exactly which one I'm talking about, yeah. but I think in the first two blocks, it was more excitement. It was more figuring out the pacing and it was sure. more making those sacrifices of not being with family during Thanksgiving. And that, you know, I, you know, uncle Mike has to go to a gym nearby and do his run, but he'll be back in like an hour or two. And me making sure that I still kept to a nutrition plan to the best of my ability. Yeah. And I think that, I that think was more. Go ahead. Cut me off, you son of a bitch. Sorry. No, <laughs> you're not. Um, kidding. Uh, no, it was, it was more, I think this whole thing was more emotional than physical yeah. in the first. Well, overall, but I don't really think of one workout that was the hardest in the first two blocks. Okay. Um, so yeah, so it was more just emotional knowing that you had to, to commit the time sacrifice. and yeah, sacrifice. Thank you. That's the word I was looking for. Very good. Right. Conventions had to be, I had to find a way to work out during a convention or if I truly couldn't move the block to where I had to do the runs before. I remember, I think during, before one of my conventions, I think it was hero hype in Tampa. Mm. Yeah, I, had to, 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 I had to do two runs back to back. Yeah. And, and I was like, we had to move things out. It was kind of like a hectic, it wasn't hectic, but it was just like a, 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 a one of those times where it's like we had to move one workout. And because we were moving one workout, we had to move like the next five. Uh, and so that. Right. And I was hobbling around that con as Batman. I remember that. I was yeah. like so sore as Batman. And I was like in a muscle, a padded muscle suit and a cowl. And I'm like even more like Batman because I'm like grumpy and like. <laughs> Battle hardened. You don't know what I've been through. Exactly. So that was nice. That was a good impression. Um, yeah, Thank well, you. it's it kind of it, it's actually really awesome to hear that because it's like you're not a sedentary person, like as in you're not just somebody who does nothing all day. You have a full, pretty much a full time job. You have side hustles. You've got hobbies. You've got friends and family, and so it's like to this but I say I'm to single. Yeah. <laughs> But to this, I say Wait, it's to not a life coach session. Sorry, sorry, sorry. What'd you say? I said it's not a life coaching session. You know, the the, the fans don't want to know about my daily life. Well, maybe they Coach. do. Who knows? Um, but well, to this, come find me. To this, I say to those people who make all the excuses, like they've got so much on, like you can find the time if you want to find the time. Like, is it always going to be easy? No. Is it always going to no. be awesome? No. It's like it sucks sometimes, but. And I think that's a huge thing with weight loss too. Yeah. It's a great parallel. Like you can find, like if you want it bad enough, you will find a way. Yeah. If you don't want it bad enough, you will find an excuse. And that's like, that's like, like if you, if you're the type of person who doesn't want it badly enough yet, that's like fine. Like you that's don't, that's okay. You, you, you do you, but like when you're ready to do it, you'll be able to find the time to do it. So those first two blocks, a lot of a lot of uh, engine building, and then basically the third block. This is where we're getting into our third month. We pivoted a little bit, and I, uh, you know, 
we we increased our easy runs on the Mondays to five miles. So what what used to be a long run for you is now just your easy run on, on, at the beginning of your week. Uh, we still have those. Well, your recovery run. So everybody, what I mean by easier recovery run uh, is I had, I had asked Mike to keep his heart rate below a certain point on these runs. Now, gear. Uh, so you were using what were you using to track? everything all your runs your heart rate all that stuff anything well funny you should ask my best friend was map my ride which is i believe with under armor and my fitness well what links to my fitness pal it's mm. through under Armour. sure that robot lady voice i hear her in my nightmares now <laughs> just like boop one mile pace 11 40 current time and i'm like this woman nagged me more she was a nag of a christie she was nagging me the entire time so i used map my ride which is an app through my fitness pal which uh 49.99 for the year totally worth it it maps your runs your walks your bikes anything that involves timing um i did not use anything like a smart watch um for my heart rate um what i did was i did the old-fashioned thing where you take your two fingers and put it to like your your throat or like your side of your temple, your neck or your wrist. Um, and I would measure it a couple times during my workouts. Like I would do it at like a beginning point, a midpoint, uh, towards the end point, and then my ending heart rate. And just making sure that I kind of touched it at least three or four times throughout the workout, yep. just to make sure that I was staying below 140, I think was the, if I can recall correctly, I believe it was under 140 or 130 or in the 130, 140 yeah, zone. Right. Yeah. Um, definitely. And now that I think about it, I think one of my hard runs in block two or block three is when I got sick. I got sick. I want to say twice during this. Yep. I think you're and right. I think it was in block three. Cause I remember that specifically because there were runs. Cause in this block, I didn't give you distances for your long runs. I just gave you time. So just right. time on legs. So 90 minutes, a hundred minutes, 110 minutes. Uh, and then we did our 10K time trial, which we'll talk about in a little bit. Um, and I think it was in this block where you were not feeling great. And so there was a couple runs in there that just didn't go well. Actually, there's a couple oh, of runs. I think this was the block that you missed the most runs in. And that was only like two yes. or something. I think also because I had Holiday Matsuri, which was a convention in um, in Orlando, which is very well known for mm. uh, being a very big holiday con. And I actually didn't do the first half of it because I was going to skip it and focus more on the run. But last minute, one of my friends like, listen, come to half the con, come to Saturday and Sunday, you know, just, I think that that would work out. And I think I also realized in this, in this block that although this is important and this is definitely a part of my life, it's not all of my life. It yeah. is finding that balance of, okay, I have a full-time job. I have the side hustles, but I also have a life outside of the running. I'm not just a runner or a, a, a runner wannabe at that point. I was like, I need to find an identity outside of this challenge that I'm, this is not solely what I wake up in the morning to do and what I dream of going to sleep. Yeah. And I think that that is a journey that a lot of runners, a lot of people who work out sort of go through. I know I certainly did. Like you get all these delusions of grandeur when you start running and you're starting to see those gains, you're starting to see those improvements. And then you're just like, I'm going to devote all my life to this. And like some part of you is like, I'm going to be like a full-time athlete. And whilst 
obviously, like most of us, well, I'd say all of everybody listening to this podcast is not going to be making their living from being an athlete, but there's that small part of you, even though you know it's just not realistic and not real, where you're just like, I could just like drop everything and run forever, and this is who I am now. Uh, because it is I never had that feeling. Oh, you did. We had some conversations where it's like you wanted to devote like so much more time than you had any business devoting to to this. <laughs> like you were ready I, to I, like you were ready to like call. There was at least two calls I remember having with you, and I remember talk, telling you about this. And you were like, "Oh, you were yeah. ready to like call out of work and skip work because of writing." I was like, "Dude, you can't like do that because." Oh, like, we well, that was a, oh that was a huge uh, controversy in block four uh, mm. because I may have may have just put work off a little too much yeah. and if my parents or family ever hear this podcast they're gonna murder me at some point but um, we had some work controversy which I'm okay sharing of course yeah. um, there was some work controversy in my fourth block that kind of made me realize okay I think maybe I took this a little too seriously. And I took a little too much time off work and too many rest days out of work to do yeah. this. So, but that's, I think, the, the juicy drama for Block 4. Yeah, and that's like that brings us into Block 4. So Block 4 is... Oh, when, well, when we started really... So Block 4... Now in Block... Was January. Was January. Uh, January, February? Had, some, yep. You had had, in Block 3, you had had some of your longest runs that you'd ever done. Uh, because right. your 10K took you right around 65 minutes or so, uh, 63 or something. Uh, and then we, we basically had you up at your 90 minutes, 100 minutes, 110 minutes. We did the 10K time trial, which you did great. Um, yes. I think, did you? I th uh, did you? Uh, I don't, I, I think I was like at an hour seven or an hour six for the 10K. Okay. Which was just a few minutes off of what I did, but also the point you made was I had no adrenaline. I was not in a race and mm. I finished with only four minutes outside of what I did in a race uh, with no prior serious training. So right. you made a very big deal when I was like, dude, I was four minutes past my time in a race. And he goes, no motherfucker, you were four minutes past and you had no adrenaline and you've been trained really well. This is phenomenal. So yeah. like, you really hyped up that 66, 66, 66 or 67 minutes. I, well, like, I was 10 excited because like you were in the middle you were, of the You were thr more thrilled than I was. I, I was. was. Because there was no adrenaline. You were right in the middle of the hardest training you've ever done. Um, so your body was not fresh by any means. Uh, so, yeah, I was, I was really excited about that. Moving into uh, block four, this is now where we put the miles back in. And we, 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 we get a little bit more exciting with block three and four. Block four, we had your first progression run. So that was like 70 minutes. You just get faster every mile. Uh, you know, you start out relatively easy. I don't know that you loved that one. I think that was a tricky one. Um, no, I didn't love it. I, I just remember that that, I think, um, was that the block where it was a one-mile time trial? That was... Run a, a mile as fast as you can. Yeah, one-mile time trial. That was, I would say, my turning point in the entire thing. Yeah. Uh, because I did the mile time trial in a different location than I usually run. I ran up and down a trail um, in like a woodsy, very woodsy part of Florida. Um, I I'm from Orlando, which is more of a uh, urban area, but I live in a northern part of Orlando where there's more forestry and all that. But I was at a trail randomly, and I remember that I really had to like push. This was your mile time trial? 
Yes. I don't think I knew that you did your mile time trial on a trail. Um, it was it was it was pavement, but it was a very wooded. It was like a very like state forest kind of area. Okay. I love the behind the scenes. Like, ooh, there's secrets that he doesn't even know. That's fun. No, I don't. I don't think I knew that. Was it like was it incliny or was it hilly or what? No, it was pavement, but it was it was I was surrounded by trees. Okay. I was in I was in nature, if you will. Fair enough. Um, but that run, I would say it was one of my huge turning points because I ran a mile in 827, which I had never done before. And I didn't think it was even possible for me was to run an 827 mile. I guarantee you go and, do that again. You could probably break eight. <laughs> episode four, you know the goblet of breaking 827. <laughs> Nobody wants to read that book. I'm not, I'm not, that, that, nope. It's negative not really a catchy chat title, but you know. I, I listen. I can only be funny in certain hours of the day. It's almost midnight over here in the U.S., so I don't know. That's fair. You're getting after hours, Mike, right now. But that, um, that run, I would say, was my. I can do this. I can do this race because I was really doubting myself in January. And I will say, um, I will go into some background. Um, I got a warning letter from my employer that I dipped too low in my hours as a full-time uh, employee. I uh, We have a requirement at work to be at least 30 hours a week paid or working hours. And I dipped below that in the fourth quarter of our fiscal year, which was during block three, which I remember very clearly only working three days a week. And I told you in one of our chats, I'm like, oh, I'm taking this so seriously and that, you know, I'm going to work like three or four days a week and then devote more time to running. And you warned me about that. And what did Mike do best? He didn't listen. <laughs> and he got the warning letter from HR saying, you need to go to your job. This is not running's not your job. It was more or less the running and then the cosplay stuff. And it kind of brought me back to a halting screech of like, oh crap, there's now real world consequences. So let this be a lesson, kids. Don't let this be your whole personality and don't let this be your whole life. As much as fun as it was and as much as it was like a very big challenge, it became my whole world when it really shouldn't. Yeah. Yeah. And that that is where we fall into those, uh, you know, the, the category of obsession. Right. And it's so easy to become obsessed with something that you're you're getting the results from. Like you're getting the desired results because you're doing the uh, the required work and so that's look that's why all runners if you ever know if you know any runners you know that they like to talk about their running right that it's all they do. Do you, know, do you know any runners? Oh no, none. Do you ever talk about your runs? Never. That's all we you do. That's all we talk about. Like to that's anybody. That's all we talk about. That's and, all I could talk about with my coworkers was this damn half marathon. They were all sick of it. Like they were all like Mike. I don't want to hear about your last run no, or nobody you know, does they they all ripped on me for bringing stuff in tupperware like i was the tupperware kid i had my perfectly little portion chicken tender or my chicken my little ch chicken tenderloins and every time someone brought something into the office even my manager who was a spartan runner herself was like i brought bagels in but not for mike because he's trained for a half marathon or he's on his diet or he's on this and i'm like ha shut up <laughs> some eating my protein bar just pissed in the corner while everyone's enjoying donuts and bagels. Well, let's let's talk about nutrition for a second because there was there was points in this program where I, you know I had said to you we've got to start practicing nutrition, we've got to start practicing race day mm -hmm. stuff, and I mm -hmm. think like that. How do you feel about that? 
<laughs> I think that was the one weak point that yeah. I think if I don't regret, I don't regret much about the five months of our training. If I could change anything about it, it would be that I didn't eat enough in the first three, yeah. three and a half blocks. And I think that truly hurt me going into the final uh, block, block and a half. And Thor and I spoke about it. I was only eating about 1800 calories, which is probably scaring a lot of people listening to this right now. Yeah. Tens of you listening um, <laughs> that I was not eating enough calories. And then there were some days where I just was not eating enough. Cause I remember, I remember having this conversation with you and because I don't, everybody listening, I don't uh, dabble in Mike's nutrition. That's for, that's for Andrew Lutomsky. He's, he's the nutrition guy for, for Mike, right? I just help. And, he, his... and he's, and he's not a hundred percent a nutritionist either. I, I love Andrew to pieces. Um, Andrew gave me macros, but we yeah. talked about how we felt like we would. So what Andrew also wanted to add is that I would talk to Andrew. I'll refer to Andrew Thor, Andy Latomsky. If you look at his Instagram, you'll know what I'm referring to. Um, I spoke to Thor first. And I spoke to soups. I, in my phone and in my things, he's soups. So, cause they're both Andrew. So Thor was always first and then soups. And when I talked with Thor, I would also relay to soups at every point. It was always a Thursday night where we went, I went with Thor first and then I went to soups and we discussed what was going on. So Thor gave me macro guides, but then when he found when he was reading my food journals, he was like, mate, you're not eating enough. Yeah. You need to be at least at 2000 calories, maybe yeah. more because you're trained. What, that's the week. conversation I remember having with you. Cause when you told me that that 1800 calories is where you were sitting, my first thought, and I said this to you was that's too low. You weigh too, like you are, th your weight you should be eating more than that anyway. But when you now add in, you're basically burning an extra, say, I don't know, four, 3,000 calories a week with your running alone and not to mention what it's burning after you're done running. Like that's, you, you need to be eating a lot more than that. And I think that can play havoc can wreak havoc on your mental state obviously on your body's recovery so i at one point i was pretty worried about the calories that you were eating and then you know you had you had you know spoke to andy about it and then that's when he bumped you up to what did he bump you up to 22 or am i making that up in my um, head he said it, he said a minimum of 2000 but somewhere in the 2000 to 22 2300 i think almost up to 2500 at some point yeah but he said a minimum of 2000 calories was the absolute minimum I need to be at. Yeah. Um, I think I was still stuck in the weight loss mentality and not the I'm training mentality, which unfortunately, because I was in the weight loss mentality for three and a half, four sure. years, this journey. And I recognize now, and that was another huge thing was that I was so worried about losing weight during the marathon. Cause I thought, Oh, it'll make me lighter and I can run faster when it's not, that's not, that's going to be very minuscule in the grand scheme of things like a pound or two or five pounds really it'll help get some pressure off the knees. But like, that was really it. Yeah. And I think I lost maybe seven, eight pounds over the five months. It wasn't a lot. And it wasn't but... because you were trying to lose weight. It was just like the natural, like for everybody listening, if you're training for a half or a full marathon, like sure. If you're training for a 5k, 10k, sure. You can do that. You can lose some weight. But if you're training for a half marathon or a marathon or an ultra, not the time to be trying to lose weight. Sure, in the beginning, maybe. Like, if you've got six months and maybe in that first couple months, you're like, yeah, all right, I'm just going to trim down a little bit. But then it's just like, you got to be eating to fuel. To yeah. Um, 
but yeah so basically we we head into this final training block you know you've had oh some God. long runs you've had some uh you know Ooh. at this point you've run uh the longest you've ever run so we basically put in the uh training block before this your your final long run was 12 miles before we tapered in this final block so what was what was that run like? So we I normally if I'm if I'm helping somebody get to a half marathon, I wouldn't necessarily take them up to 12 miles, but for you I did it specifically because a couple reasons. A, I wanted you to push yourself a little bit and I knew that we had enough time to taper uh, that that wouldn't affect your race, but also I needed you to know because at this point we had had some doubts. I needed you to know that you could do it. So I put you up to a 12-mile training run, which is generally a little bit longer than I would do for somebody running their half marathon for the first time. How did that oh, go? Oh, this is news to me. This is news to me, kids. This is what I'm hearing for the first time. You You're fucking welcome. did that on purpose? You son Everything of a bitch. I do is on purpose. I don't make mistakes, idiot. Listen, we could turn off this camera right now. I'm fight you. No, I can't. Because <laughs> turn this podcast around. We, I will turn. I will pull us over right the hell now. Very <laughs> couple sometimes. Anyway, the twelve mile run was the run from hell, and here's why. Mile two, I pulled a hip muscle. Yep. That was, I thought, the game ending move because I don't know if I just stepped weird. I don't know if I maybe just didn't warm up properly. But mile two, I just felt pain in my right hip that I never felt before. And I slowed down the run. I'm like, okay, maybe I just stepped weird or maybe like I stepped on like a pebble or like a twig or something just didn't sit right. I ran the next 10 miles in pain. Yeah. And it was really bad. And I was like in mile three, I kind of broke down. Not, well, I wouldn't say crying, but like I was in tears. I was like, oh my God, I'm two and a half weeks away from this race. And I just pulled a hip muscle. Did I break my hip? Am I, did I pull a muscle to the point where I have to go to the emergency room? Do I need to go to a doctor? What do I do? I was panicking during the run. And I just said, listen, can you run another mile at least? Okay. If we can run two or three more miles, listen, uh, soups would want you to run and pull an injury further. If you can't finish this, there's nothing wrong with saying, Hey, I couldn't do this because of this injury that just happened. I didn't want to break anything. But after mile five, I was like, bitch, it hurts, but like I can walk pretty well and I can still jog. So I remember finishing the 12 miles in about two hours and 17 minutes, I want to say. Um, I think that, and then the 10 mile run, ooh, I remember the 10 mile run. That, that was, was your first was double digit. Yep. That was out of state. And kids, I'm going to teach you a little lesson. When the hotel you're staying at has a free continental breakfast, don't eat the breakfast first and go for that run because I made a mistake. I made several mistakes. And the biggest one of them besides the hip pull was that I had the free continental breakfast at the ye old Hyatt house. And then proceeded to step on a treadmill. I'm like, I'm going to run 10 miles. I ran three miles and almost code brown. Yeah. And, and I can that, call that back from that, the last episode. Yeah. And that was our, that was our, uh, one of our deer in headlights moments when I was speaking to you a few days before the race, because Really, you hadn't really taken the advice to practice nutrition before you go on your long run. So you're just kind of just doing it, playing it by ear, winging it. And so Which that was, was fun because you realized that that's something that you shouldn't do. 
Oh yeah, like I sprinted off that treadmill to the bathroom so quick in my hotel room. Like I was so afraid I was never gonna be able to step foot in that Hyatt house ever again. Mm. Like I really thought I was gonna literally, and I'm not trying to be TMI, but if you heard my last episode, I was almost TMI after my 10K. Uh, I almost died in that Hyatt house and I hope they can sponsor me someday because I almost, I, I basically lived and died in that Hyatt house almost. <laughs> Good times. Good times but I, by all. One thing I've learned though, and I hope to bring that into my next race, spoiler alert, there will be a next race. Hopefully. Yeah. Oh God. Well, uh, he knows things. I do too. Um, I don't. Uh, I really would practice in the final block more of a steady nutrition and really practicing race day conditions yes because i think that would have that would have helped me be more prepared mentally and emotionally um because the hip pole did happen but i was able to i will tell you that the night it happened um i remember i told you and you were like go to target get that hard ball that's like a lacrosse ball and a foam roller and roll out that hip. He goes, you will be okay. I don't think it's gonna be something that's gonna stop you from racing, but it happened. And I was on the floor of my apartment doing the ball and I was like just wincing in pain. And I was like, why am I doing this? This hurts, this sucks. I just blew everything. I just, I, I, I was 17 weeks into this and I'm like, and I'm like, dude, this happens and i remember you saying like it could happen on race day it could happen and you could have had the best train ever but something can go wrong on race day and you have to be okay and willing to accept the fact that race day may not go your way so it was a good like just a reminder of hey you could have the best training period but race day could go wrong you have to be proud of what you accomplished during the training period yeah yeah absolutely absolutely so we get through that, you know, that was kind of like a big fear for you for the next couple of weeks. So we're, we're in our final training uh, taper. Uh, so for those of you who don't know, tapering is what you do two to three weeks out from a race to let your body recover. Uh, you slow it down. Back a bit. Sorry? You slow it down. You slow it down. Basically. You take the volume back. You allow your body to really recover after months of hard training so that you're ready to show up on race day popping. Right. So this we definitely had that talk of like I was like in the corner, like with my head in between my legs, like just doing like rocking back and forth. Like we had the come to Jesus life coaching session. I called it about two weeks prior. Like you were like just like petting my head going like it's going to be okay. You're fine. I'm so I'm proud of you. You've done so well. Um, We're going to if you need to pump the brakes a little bit let's pump the brakes now yeah that's right because i remember because you were worried about the hip you were worried about a couple things and i said to you that even if you like ran once a week for the next two weeks you'd still be ready like nothing in this taper was going to other than recovery nothing was going to help you athletically i mean you know performance wise so like if you missed a couple of workouts and i told you like put the kibosh on some of them or just do half of one of them but you were like nah i'm gonna do it uh and that's fine because i was like, stubborn i you was were stubborn. stubborn and you really wanted to see it through which is not a bad thing like you wanted to you came this far you wanted to get it all done you wanted to say to yourself that you got all the training done and i believe that you made the right call because i don't believe that you were in a position where you needed to not run because i don't think it was that dire but i do know I still that felt the hip 
I'm yeah. sorry, go ahead. But I do know that sacrificing a couple of runs wasn't going to hurt you. I think at that point you needed to do whatever it is that was going to help you on race day. And for you, that was to push on. And I still felt hip pain in the coming runs, but it was to the point where it was getting less and less mm. and less and less. And I realized more over time that it was just a really bad muscle pull that it was just, it just happened. Thankfully it happened at the end of this whole training and not the very beginning. Cause I think if it happened in the beginning, it would have really discouraged me to continue on. Yeah. Yeah, I think it happened Wait, where it needed to for your journey. Right, it, it was it was definitely it was part of the it was all part of the plan I think, hmm. and I think that leads me to like the final two weeks of um, I was able to secure more hours at work. I really was able to find that balance of realizing that this was important, but my real life commitments were just as important. But it also made me kind of realize what I wanted to do beyond the race and that was like to work in a personal training field someday which we will talk about like future plans in the next like little segment but um it really opened my eyes to like what could be more for me in my life beyond running beyond what i've done so far right. and it made me very excited for it made me very excited for the future it definitely inspired me to look at new careers and new opportunities beyond the race good well, speaking of the race, before we get into the future plans, let's do it. Race so day. Race day. How, okay. Walk me through race day. Oh, God. So it was a bright and sunny morning. It was March 4th, 2023, which was our race day. Uh, best damn race at Lake Eola. And I knew the course because I ran the 10K course. It was basically two laps. Yep. Uh, I got there bright and early. I had my bagel with peanut butter, and I was – nervous the entire day but you were there texting me before the race began and i felt a lot of comfort that you were right on the other side of the phone but i also knew that i had to get set i had to get focused that you weren't going to be there i had to do this on my own i had to be willing ready and able you were there in spirit but i also needed to kind of get into my head in my zone and that's what i did during the race day like i did the warm-ups I was nervous about the hip, but I, and I felt it slightly, but I think I knew with adrenaline going through my body that it was not going to really bother me on the race course. And if it did, it would be very minimal. True. So I did the warm ups. Um, I drank one bottle of water. Um, and I say one bottle of water because that's going to be a key component in the next, in the race itself. Um, I drank one bottle of water because I was afraid about peeing during the race. So I went to the bathroom, drank my water. I had my bagel. I, had a little bit of coffee, maybe about a 12-ounce cup of coffee um, with a little bit of almond milk, and I was ready to go for the for the racing. Now, what my first kind of hiccup was the corrals were a bit weird, and I was walking to the starting to the corrals at 7 a.m. when the gun time was 7.15, and I was all the way with the walkers, and I'm like, oh, shit, I'm not in the right corral. What am I going to do? My pacer is all the way up there. What am I going to do? Oh, my God. I'm going to be behind everybody. I'm going to have to play catch up. Not thinking, oh, my time doesn't start when I, until I cross the arc. It's not going to start when the pacer starts. It's going to start when I start. So I kind of didn't – I kind of brain farted and realized I thought I had to play catch up the entire race when it was not true at all. Right. And so what everybody – everybody, what Mike is talking about, he's talking about the difference between – gun time and net time or bib time so basically gun time, time is when the yeah chip time so gun time is when the race officially starts when the gun goes off when the horn blasts when the guy says go gun uh net time 
bib time, chip time, that is when you cross the line, the start line. Because most races nowadays have timing mats that will track you. So that is those that is your time. So you're looking at unless you're a an elite runner who is probably going to come in top five, whatever, you're not looking at gun time, you're looking at chip time. So when you cross the starting right. line is when your race starts. Which is what I really should have focused more on the chip time than the gun time. Right. But I remember just I was trying to get, I was trying to push myself forward to eleven thirty time, and all those lovely runners were just like, "No, you're staying," and I'm and like, nobody was moving. I'm like, "Ah, fuck," and I'm like, "Okay, <laughs> screw it, it's gonna be okay. I'll catch up again." Not thinking Mike chip time, chip time, not gun time, chip time. Thinking your race starts when you cross the first arch and hit the first time mat. Um, so when the horn sounded, um, I, I didn't. I ran the first 400 yards just to get the energy out a little bit. And when I made the first right turn onto the road and going into mile one, I did try to walk a lot more because I remember in the back of my head, mile one on my 10 K was like nine something. And I'm like, I don't want a nine minute mile. I don't want to be anywhere near close. It. So I was hoping that I would start at about my pace, which was 1127 for the two thirty time. Yep. Mile one, I heard in um, there's a device called Race Joy, which is an app on your smartphone, which is what Best Damn Race uses to track you could track yourself through it. I made a promise to myself to only check it once per mile just to see where I was in the mile. Hmm. Now, we um, did just circling back real quick, we did talk about uh, race strategy here, and my recommendation was to go dead on the nuts right from the start at pace rather than try to go too slow and work yourself up to it. Certainly not too fast. Um, and I think we kind of never really settled on what you wanted to do. I think because that was my recommendation. I'm not, that doesn't mean that that's what you have to do. You had to do what was right for you. I don't know if we actually really settled on what your strategy was going to be other than what I, I recommended. It, I, <laughs> I think what you said at one point was to also go to sleep for the first half of the marathon, yeah. not like really stress too much. Yeah. Um, I remember hearing mile one from the league going mile one pace 10, 18. I just went, no, 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 God, no, not again. And I went, bitch, you need to slow your ass down now. Cause that worked out for you. That worked out for you in the 10 K where you're going to right. And I'm like, you cannot gun this, Mike, you're going to burn yourself out. And what was scary was in the first mile, some lady took like a major spill on the first mile and it spooked me a little bit because this girl was like out for like in the first mile. And I'm like, oh, my God, this girl could not finish the race in the first mile. She tripped or she got hurt or something. And I was like, oh, my God, I fell for her. And I'm like, all right, got to keep it moving. Toots, let's keep going. So mile two, I remember I'm like, OK, you are walking. You are walking a good majority of it. You'll you'll jog and you'll keep it up. Mile two was like an 1108. And I was like, OK, better but let's try and keep it at at least an 11. And in my head, I'm like, am I running too fast? I'm like, no, I feel pretty good. I don't think I'm going too fast. I feel fine. Let me keep the same pace for mile three, mile four, mile five. Mile three, I think, was like a 10.58. And I'm like, Those okay. First couple miles lie to you. <laughs> they did. They did. And I really think, I, I don't regret, I, I try not to regret much, but I'm like, I could have slowed it down a little bit more. Mm. 
in miles four and five. Would have it impacted the second half of the race? I don't think I'll ever know. I don't yeah. think – who knows? I'm not playing the one-if game because no one wins. Right. The first six miles of that race were phenomenal for me, I thought. I felt good. I felt like I wasn't going crazy. I hit the water stations. I did water and Gatorade, water and Gatorade. I either did water or I did Gatorade. I think I should have done both, to be honest, because I think that I think the electrolytes would have helped me a little bit further. But I we also had the strategy of using Gatorade energy gels. And I had three of those in my pocket. Um, and I did them at miles four and eight. Which you had um, practiced with before. Correct. Which yeah. I did have practice of eating that astronaut food. <laughs> it was delicious, and it, w- and it did help during the race. Um, so, yeah, the first half of the race, I thought I did a phenomenal job, and I think that it truly carried me in the second half, which we'll get to. But I think the first six miles, my only caveat was that I probably should have slowed it down by another 30 seconds. I sure. think I, if, I had just done, if I had done maybe 11.15, 11.20, that would have been good. But hearing the the uh, lady in the in race joy app going you no know, estimated finish time two hours 23 minutes two hours 24 minutes two hours 23 minutes and i'm like oh my god a 223 or 224 that would be shattering good and i'm like oh my god i'm keeping pace at 223 224 that is gonna be if i can keep it up the entire race that's that would be a dream result and i was like I think I got too hyped by hearing the 223, 224 and not focusing on, all right, this is a 13-mile race, Mike. This is not a 10K. Mm. So the first six miles, I would say, like I said, I think I ran great. I just think I could have slowed down just a little bit, but that was my only critique on the first six and a half, seven miles. Sure. The second half. Yep. Oh, boy. I felt the first wave of fatigue at mile 7.5. That was the first time I felt tired. And I was like, okay, it's the first round. I said, okay. It was when I saw the sign that said half marathon on second loop. And I went, oh, crap, here we go. It's the second round. (laughs) And I was walking up the cobblestone street. I'm like, oh, bitch, I am feeling it. I am feeling it right now. And I'm like, okay, okay. And I'm like, all right. We have five and a half miles to go. Just five and a half miles. We can do this. At mile 7.5, my left knee, the muscle just above the left knee, seized. And I was like, oh, I have never felt this before. And I'm like, okay. So I was rubbing it, massaging it as I was walking. I'm like, okay, it's just maybe a spasm or maybe it's just something that just, you know, you pull, not pulled something or something. But I was like, I then realized that maybe I wasn't hydrating enough. Maybe I need to drink more water or get more Gatorade in me. And I try to compensate with at the next fuel station to kind of drink a full thing of water and a full thing of Gatorade. And that sort of helped, I think, at miles eight and nine because I, I dropped to like an 1140, I think, in mile seven. And I got back up to an 1110 in mile eight and mile nine. And I had banked about a couple minutes which again wasn't my strategy, but I realized at mile nine that I did have I was going above a two thirty pace and I was fine to where I could slow it down and be okay. But then I was like, oh God, I don't want to slow down the last three miles because that's just I need a negative split. Da, 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 da. And like all these competing thoughts were in my head. Yeah. So miles seven, eight, and nine were like the fighting miles for me. And I'm like figuring out what my what was my end game strategy. And I'm like, oh shit, I didn't really plan an end game strategy. This is what he was talking about. What the fuck do I do? And I'm like, okay, 
We're going to have to push through and finish this race just as strong as we can. Um, but we need to just, I think me running 30 seconds above pace in the first four or five miles, 20 seconds above pace, came back to bite me a little bit in miles to eight and nine. Yep. Which is, again, it's not the biggest error looking back, but I'm like, okay, I could have done it a little bit differently. That's, that's, yeah. I mean, look, uh, would slowing down have helped you? Sure. Maybe it would have shaved off a 30. Uh, yeah, it might not have even shaved off any time. It's just maybe it sort of helped you feel better. I think, yeah, I think electrolytes were a bit of an issue. I think more so uh, salt probably would have been a good idea. Um, some kind of salty something. Um, not that you want to eat salt, but, you know. Um, a little of magnesium uh, or some yeah. sort of something to kind of like combat that. And I was like, okay, mile 10 was the, the, I had a talk with God mile. I called yep. it um, mile 10. My right knee then started to go up above my knee. Again, both knees were starting to feel it. And I'm like, Oh my God, I'm not going to be able to finish this. I was, that was the thought. I was like, Oh my God, I'm, I'm dying. Like, this is it. Like, I'm going to see the white light. And I'm going to go see the pearly gates and I'm going to meet Betty White and be like, oh God, this is it. This is, I'm dying on this course. Um, it's not mild. Oh, I was very, you know me and the world knows me. I'm me dramatic. Never mm. look at my race photos. I was dramatic as hell. Fair. Um, mile 10 was the really dramatic mile. And I'm like, oh my God, I have three miles left. How the hell am I going to finish this? And I felt my time drop again. And I'm yeah. like, I have to fight to get Buck up to 11. Mile 12 was the hardest thing I had done physically in my entire four-year journey on my health of industry. And I will put my hand on the on a stack of Superman comics, on a stack of the first Man of Steel 1. I will put my hand on it and say, Mile twelve of best damn race twenty twenty three was the hot was the hardest and then of course my battery just died. See, even my phone was like, "Yeah, you almost died, just like me." Plug me <laughs> in, dude. I think I'm. Am I charging? Sorry, America, Australia. Who's watching? All right, there we go. Technical difficulties, but we're we're pushing forward. Um, yeah, mile twelve. I almost died and went to heaven or hell. I don't know, but mile twelve was the. I'm not going to finish this race. I really thought because it, every step was painful. Um, jogging was difficult, but I just kept saying, you're at 215 at mile 12. Like you can literally walk the final mile and you're going to still make 230. Mm. And I said, remember the goal was 230. It wasn't to run a 223 or 224. It was to run below a 230. So if you cross that line at 229.59, you still finish as sub 230. You're not competing against anybody else. You're not competing against anybody else but you. You don't care about ranking. You don't care about placement. You don't, none of that ever matters to you. What matters is that you started this 19 weeks ago and you're going to finish this race. Whether you're being, whether you're crawling, walking, whatever. And I thought of you and I thought of Thor and I thought of my family. And I thought of my friends and my coworkers and my whole communities and everyone that surrounded me with love and support from the very beginning. And I, during the race, I did put one thing in my pocket. I put a, a little note for myself. 
Then I wrote the number 293, which was my starting weight on January 1st, 2019, when I started working with Team Accountable. Now, that wasn't my highest weight. I was somewhere in the 300s. I didn't weigh myself probably the month of December 2018 because I was too afraid. But I knew in my heart I was over 300 at one point in my life. And, and I wrote on the end of it. It was covered in sweat, by the way. Like, everything was was just damp. That'd like, my phone, my phone screen was, like, just – I could not open my phone to save my life. But I, but, but that paper was sopping wet, but it said 293, remember why you started. And I touched the paper and I'm like, remember why you started. And I just said to myself, I want this. I can do this. I want this. I can do this. I deserve this. I want, I just, what I said over and over was, I want this. I can do this. And I pushed through. And when I saw the lake, that's what the final like point one is. When I saw Lake Eola, which is the lake in Orlando. I'm like, oh my God, the lake's right there. It's only 224, 225. I can finish still under 230 if I just keep moving. The final water station was about a thousand yards. I chugged that water and I just, I I was walking. And I, like, like in the 10K, the last 45 seconds was a blackout almost. I... Didn't know what the time was. I didn't know what was going on. I just felt like I was in a very muffled environment. Yep. And I ran the last 600 yards. I sprinted to the end. And I was like, not like a dead-on sprint, but I moved. I'm like, run, just go, just go, just cross the line. I don't care. Just cross the fucking line. And I did. And both my legs locked. Both of my legs locked. You could see it in one of the race photos that I like looked like I just let out. I just let out the hugest part. It looked like I, I was like, I'm like, I'm like, like Gilbert Godfrey, may he rest in peace. I looked like Gilbert Godfrey. Like I had the squinty eyes and like, I was about to like, I, I, I literally like, I could not move after I crossed the line. I had to walk over to the right hand side of the finish line and both my legs locked. I could yeah. not walk at everything. I could not walk. I could not move my feet. Both above, uh, both my knees right above it were in searing pain. Sure. Pain I never felt before. And I was like, did I just break my legs? I'm like, did I just finish? But did I also just break my legs? Like, do I need to go to the hospital? Again, not being dramatic at all. So I, I, and nobody came over to help me. Like, they all just stood there. And like, every, I mean, again, people are finishing and all that. But I'm like hobbling over. I'm like leaning on a fire hydrant. I'm like, can someone like, ask me if I'm okay and like just drag me to the medical tent I had to haul myself to the medical tent and I literally just looked at the paramedic and said I think I'm dying I didn't say that but I felt that I was like hey I think my legs are broke he goes you just finished a marathon I'm like yes I did I'm like oh my god I finished half marathon I had the medal around my neck I just yeah. forgot that, I, that they gave me the medal I'm like oh I have a purple medal sweet he's like sit down I'm like I'll try the moment I sat down, he gave me a big-ass bottle of water and said, chug this, give it about five minutes. Just sit down relax. About five minutes, the pain went away. Mm. I think it was just simply I had no salt left. Yeah. bit long talking, but yeah, that's how I felt. But then I realized I finished the race. And I was like, oh, shit, I did it. I, I ran a half marathon. I'm like, I said to myself, I'm like, I just ran 13.1 miles. I just ran 13.1 miles. I had no idea what my finish time was, but I'm like, 
you just ran 13.1 miles. You finished it. You did it. You did it. You, you crossed the line, dude. You did exactly what you wanted to do and you did it. And I felt an overwhelming sense of like pride. Yep. Disgust because my legs, um, I felt like I made everybody proud, but I think I made myself proud most of all because I just realized how strong I truly was. And I, of course I wore the Superman top that day because I wanted to have not only you in spirit, but also uh, a great thing you once told me was that you always wear the S Mm. because if those who do not know, Andrew likes Superman. Do I? I think so. Just a little, a little bit, just a little bit. And I was like, I didn't believe I was Superman until that day. And I was like, holy shit. I'm one of the Superman now. I'm one of the Superman. I'm like, oh my God, I really am a superhero. I mean, don't have the abs for it, but I'm like, dude, you don't need that. I'm like, dude, you just ran a half marathon. You just proved to yourself that you have come not only so far in four years, but in 31. I was the slowest kid in my high school with running. I hated the mile run. I... I had some very unsavory comments in high school from a gym teacher about running, uh, about how I just would never make a basketball team. I was on the basketball team for like one season in high school and I hated physical activity. I didn't even do it in college. I had to do swimming as an elective and I had to, I barely knew how to swim. So physical activity and Mike never really mixed. This was the hardest thing I ever had to do. Yeah. And when I punched in my bib number in the computer and I saw 227 pop up and I'm like, oh my God, I did it. I did it under 230. Granted, it wasn't 224, 225 and I did feel a little disappointed, but I'm like, no, fuck that. You just finished a half marathon under 230. You met the goal. You did it in under in two and a half minutes less. Brother, you did it. And I immediately went to the food tent and I'm like, I am hungry. Can I have some food? <laughs> nice. Yeah, that's nice. That's, that's the way to do it. The first thing you eat after a big race is always like really tasty. Um, I almost vomited though because I smelled pizza and I'm like, why is the pizza here again? Like last year, I'm like, why is the pizza? I, I'm like, can I have a granola bar? Can I have a banana? I was craving a piece of fruit. Mm. I'm like looking for the fruit. I'm looking for the water. I'm looking for the granola. All I see are bags of chips and pizza. And I'm like, this is why America's fat. But that's just my own personal opinion. I'm like, I don't want a greasy bag of chips. I'll have the fried food later. Where the hell is the fruit? I found a Nutrigrain bar and a bag of Mott's no sugar added fruit snacks. There. Something. And then I passed out on the, and then I laid on the ground for like maybe 10, 15 minutes. Uh, it was disgusting because I, I peeled myself off the ground. There's a giant sweat angel on the back. And I'm like, this that's disgusting. That's gross. But like, that's, I, you were in that. That's running though. That was running. And I'm like, wow, I'm a runner now. I'm nice. a run- I have been a runner. I'm an athlete. And then I called my parents. Well, you got to have somebody to call her. Right? So, okay. Well, I, I'll tell you what. Let's As we wrap up, what are mm-hmm. your future plans for your next? Oh, I, I talked way too long about that, didn't I? Um... No, that was good. That was good. That's what we wanted. Okay. Oh, okay. Cool. I'm like, dude, did I just spend 30 minutes talking about how I almost basically died? Great. That was the Future meat of plan. it. So, well, for you, we joked about Harry Potter, but there is a continuation of the series because, and I can announce this for the first time, on live television. No, um, oh, my. Oh, my gosh. So, October 2023, there's a little bit of a marathon called the Melbourne Marathon in Melbourne, Victoria, Australia, uh, which I believe is where you're from. Are you not? 
Well, I'm from New Jersey, but I live in Melbourne. <laughs> okay, asshole. Anyway, uh, God, people are gonna think we we hate each other. No, no, this is my this is my best friend. Yay. Um, so yeah, I was supposed to go to Australia in April for Supernova, but due to financial problems and just life changing stuff, I pushed the trip to October. And hmm, isn't the same time as the Melbourne Marathon that's happening in Australia, sponsored by Nike? Could be. Could Mike be going for the most insane thing in his entire life? Mm-hmm. Could Mike be running a full marathon in October of 2023? Did he not learn his lesson the first time? Nobody or, ever does. Nobody ever does. Or Mike could be trying the PR in another continent. Um, while the decision hasn't been made just yet, I think we're leaning towards a marathon, more than a half marathon. Um, I do have my intention of running my next race in australia amazing and baby we're filming an episode live in australia um that's that's gonna be fun that's gonna be a lot of fun so we're gonna you know we're gonna have some training leading up to that i think for us we're gonna train as if you're doing the full and then if you decide that you only want to do the the half you've got a good bunch of training behind you not only i shouldn't say only do the half if you decide you want to do the half instead of the full it's not only it's a right there is no wrong answer there is no wrong answer like as much as i as much as i want to do the full like i'm like if i don't want to do it i don't do it i do the i do the half and pr in australia but knowing me and my competitiveness i think it would be just a story and i think i would like to end on probably this note because i don't know where we are in the hour which is probably way over but um are we probably anyway um definitely that's fine. Everyone's probably still on the edge of their seats or they clicked off, but Both. I remember October 11th, 2018 being my rock bottom date because yeah. I was wherever I was over 300 pounds. I was miserable. I was anxious that day. And I really felt like my world was going to be a really dark place from that point on. And that's when I reached out. To, that's when I reached out to Andy Latomsky. But around that time, in 2023, I think it would just be a true full circle moment five years after hitting my rock bottom that I was able to finish a marathon in Melbourne, Australia. Oh, a hundred pounds down nearly. Um, the athlete that I now am and I now believe it. I think that truly is a good, um, what was the seventh book? Definitely Hollows. Yeah. Wouldn't that be something? I think that would be some. I, I, can we sell the movie rights? I don't know. Would you play yourself? I'm sure you would. Obviously. Oh, no, I'd or, play. Uh, <laughs> you know who I'd play. <laughs> oh, God. No. I knew just God, the spell guilty. that could have made him run faster. <laughs> uh, and I love that it froze on that Gilderoy Lockhart face. We, I called him Gilderoy Lockhart. I called him Cal from Titanic. I called him that one villain from. Uh, Lazy Town. I called you Robbie Rotten at some point. I've called you uh, every name in the book, but I think the the name I call most is, you know, brother, friend, trusted advisor, pain in my ass. Yeah. Um, Zach, you abandoned me, but this guy right here saw me through the biggest journey of my life thus far, um, beyond just what Thor has, and uh, I couldn't thank you enough for guiding me on the journey and seeing me through it and seeing something in me that you gave up your time to help me find myself and for that i am always be grateful we can end on a positive note we like each other yeah you're all right uh, soppy right. son of a bitch all right so 
No, I, I, I truly do appreciate that. I'm very excited to keep the, uh, the momentum going. So hopefully in the next month or so, we decide what we want to do. If we want to start, I mean, in the next month or so, we'll, we'll start training. Uh, so that's very exciting. So Mike can sell a reason, a season, or a marathon. That's crazy. Um, you're an asshole. Stole my fucking line. You <laughs> well, not technically, yours is reason, season, lifetime. I just tweaked it a bit, so it's yours. Um, that's the only reason why I said it, because that's your that's your thing. So that's your that maybe that's the maybe that's the title of this episode. Mike can sell reason, season, or a marathon. Um, oh God, you're you call me sappy. Also, I took that from a drag queen. Shout out to Darian Lake from RuPaul's Drag Race. She nice. made the quote. Um, Got to give credit where credit is due. I don't steal things, but I um, do all the time. Yes, yeah, no, I always, I always say I make uh, from paraphrasing what she once said. Uh, I people come into my life for a reason, a season, or a lifetime. Mm. Um, and I do believe that events do come into my life for a reason, season, or a lifetime. So a reason, season, or a marathon. Maybe that is the. I don't know. Maybe that's the title for that episode. We'll fi- figure out what's the. The title for oh, this Lord. episode is "We We Do Like Each Other." Please don't click off. <laughs> thank you for tuning in um please follow me on social media at mike the number two the fullest um because i always could use it more followers and more, more attention because the lord knows i need it there you go so mike to the fullest that's mike the number two the fullest uh he's a great cosplayer turning into an awesome athlete amazing journey he always posts updates about his journey which is awesome see some of his before and after after pictures which are crazy so look you know right everybody thank you so much for listening to this episode where mike has described what an awesome journey so so excited to see where he goes next and we are also excited to to take you along that journey with us so look thanks again for listening to the podcast that hopes to inspire you to go above and beyond what you ever thought possible we'll catch you out there on the roads the trails and the treadmills doing just that we will catch you next time